Wrestling podcast, and with me is Reek, Reek, Rico. Thank you for being here. And this question we always ask is, as for, as formed by Cody Rhodes, what do we want to talk about? But I'm going to steal something from CM Punk on Friday nights. Who do we want to talk about? So tonight, Huge Pop Nation. Tonight we have a special guest. This man has wrestled some of the baddest dudes in AEW. You can find this man on many indie wrestling promotions. Tonight, we will be talking with him about his time spent in CFW Rockwall. He is showing up tonight to lead the congregation. He is here to spread the good word, of, and he is here to collect the, those offerings because you know they're important and necessary. He is Brother Greatness. How you doing, my friend? Uh, blessed and highly favored in the Lord. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Thank oh, no, thank you, on, man. man. Thank you for coming on, man. Um, you know, of course, you've probably been on a lot of podcasts and they probably ask the same stupid questions, but hey, you know what? This is huge pop. And um, the question is, can you explain to the audience your experience growing up as a wrestling fan? Yeah, definitely. So I, I got kind of late into wrestling compared to a, a lot of my a lot of my friends in school. Uh, I officially considered myself a wrestling fan the day that Rey Mysterio debuted on WWE SmackDown on UPN 9 Thursday nights. Uh, that was my official just like, okay, yeah, no, this is what I do. Every Thursday after the Parkers, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to watch this show, and I'm going to watch Rey Mysterio fly around. So that that was the start of uh, my wrestling fandom, and uh, it just grew and grew ever since. Awesome. So who are, your, who are some of your favorite wrestlers? Uh, definitely Ray. Uh, Ray, Kurt, uh, you know, not allowed to say his name, but Chris uh, Benoit, uh, definitely that whole era uh, spoke to me in a very deep way. Um, later on, when I started uh, started thinking about be- training and becoming a professional wrestler, funny enough, AJ Lee um, turned out to be a, a big favorite of mine. And my first year of wrestling, a lot of her moves uh, really spoke to my moveset at the time as I was building and developing. So uh, those are those are the individuals. And Chavo, I always have to get Chavo in there, are, yeah. are the big ones for me when I was younger. And then uh, when I became a worker and got to really look back at what was going on in wrestling, um, the Pope Elijah Burke became a really big, uh, really big favorite for me, uh, especially uh, his time leading the new breed. Awesome, man. We, before we got Rico in there, we have several people. We have Gina. She says, hello. We have uh, Rick, the... Santo, hey Rick, how you doing? Rick says it's all about the mission. <laughs> and my sister is up and says, "Hey guys, my sister and my dad are watching. Thank you guys for watching. Hello, Thanks everybody hello. for watching. Thank you guys." So it's all about a mission. You laughed at that. So um, let us what what's about what's that laugh for? Uh, so yeah, it's all about the mission. The mission is a stable out of uh, out of Connecticut for test of strength. So it was myself, Dan the man. Uh, the true king of R&B, Stan Michael, who also was my student for a long period of time, uh, Evie De La Rosa, 
and uh, formerly Patrick Saint. So the mission has changed a lot over the last several months. Uh, a lot of those names don't click as well anymore within the universe of uh, Test of Strength. Um, but that was a lot of fun and a completely different version of Brother Greatness than what individuals got to see in Texas, DR, or pretty much anywhere else. Awesome. Rick is one of our friends of mine. He's, uh, he has his own podcast, as you probably know. Um, so thank you, Rick, for that question, man. Rico. Mm -hmm. So what, what I was going to ask you, man, what, how did you get the name Brother Greatness? Like, where did that start about? Yeah, so uh, Brother Greatness, Um, when I was younger and, you know, everyone like play fought as kids, made up their own little fake promotions in the living room. Um, and like every other child, I just took my initials and I was BDM, excitement. Um, and I had to determine a prefix. So I came up with all this stuff and eventually the word greatness just kept, kept popping up in my little, my little at-home promos. So eventually it became Greatness BDM. When I actually started training, um, I was trying to figure out what I was going to be and what I was going to do. And everyone always said I sounded like I was preaching. Every time I got upset or every time I got really into a, a into a program. So I said, all right, so I'm going to be something greatness. And during Bible study, I want to say it's, it's at Luke 22. We, we, we do we were doing Bible study. And I, and I came to find this 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 passage. I believe it's in Luke where specifically by the end of it, the idea is that true greatness is found in servitude. And I'm like, huh. I could really, I, that that's that's something I could really work with because I was also doing a philosophy class at the time and we were just talking about what's the true meaning of life. And, you know, as a Christian, I'm like serving Jesus Christ, our personal Lord and Savior. It's like, well, what does it mean to serve? And the deeper, and this is all happening at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I knew greatness had to be in the name. Now the question is, what was I? I was like, I'm nobody's pastor. I'm not a reverend. I'm just a babe in Christ. I'm just another brother in the church. So... It, after a while, it just came together and boom, Brother Greatness. My my trainer at the time did not like the name. Um, <laughs> I was very adamant about it. I was like, nope, this is, he wanted to be a reverend. He wanted me to be a reverend. I'm like, I'm not. I, I, I am a brother in the church. That's who I am. So that's what I'll be. Awesome, man. No, I, I like that, but you guys stick strong to who you are. Yeah. Absolutely. So back into back there as a fan, um, are there certain promotions that you watched? Um, other than WWE, did that, was that your favorite? Did you watch the WCW growing up? Yeah, I watched WCW in post. So it, it all already happened. I'm I'm really getting into it. Ruthless Aggression Era starting. It's 2002. And everyone's saying, oh, you missed all the good stuff. So after a while, I sat back and started watching all the good stuff. Fell in love with Booker T. Fell in love with Ric Flair. And just kept going further and further back until I hit Luthez. So I watched a lot of stuff in in reverse, everything in post. So you would probably know this question then. It's a trick question, but that's okay. Who is the greatest WCW champion of all time? Listen, I'm going to give my subje su subjective answer. I'm giving the brother greatness answer. It will be Booker T for me, the five-time, 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 five-time WCW champion. That's what I'm sticking with. <laughs> Not Ron Artek? Not Ron Arquette? No, no, I'm, I'm sticking. Absolutely not. I'm sticking <laughs> with the Booker T. Because you got to do the five <laughs> time. time. Sucker! <laughs> I'm sticking with it. You Wish my hair a, was out. You're going to give us a spinner Rooney or what? I mean, uh, let me set it up. <laughs> <laughs> that was about the first time on a huge pop wrestling podcast that we get a Booker T 
five time, five time, and a spinner in it. That would have been epic, man. That, that would have been. Had to make history. Next, next time in Rockwell, I'm going to have to get that in during the entrance. That's why I have to call up Rob Bond and um, JT and tell them, hey, look, I need that entrance. <laughs> when he's spinning, when he's on the floor and in the ring. There you uh, go, Rico. I still remember when they were trying to get Taker to do it. They called it the Taker Rooney. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite <laughs> clips on YouTube. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Come on. All right, Rico. So, uh, who would you, like, in your mind, who do you think is the most over wrestler right now? Like that guy who's just got it. Yeah, no. Uh, today, um, if if we're, if we're speaking about WWE, at least with respect to the uh, to, to the babies, uh, it's it's gonna have to be Cody, I think, right now. Uh, Punk Punk's return has been awesome, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but y- y- you got to give it a second to really determine what it really is in terms of uh, how over he is. Is it just because it's a big return? Is it because it's exciting? Or do they really care about Punk? I think the answer is gonna be yes. Um, but for right now, objectively speaking, watching the program, very few people get a bigger reaction that is consistently on their program, which is why I can't say Roman, than, <laughs> than Cody Rhodes. He's there every week. He's cutting promo. Mm-hmm. He's working matches. He has a presentation. And he has yet to get stale. Um, so I'm, I'm going to give it to Cody. Didn't he just break a – I could have sworn I was reading. He just broke the um, record for most sales in Chicago for merchandise. Yeah, something like that. It's really uh, – the first or second? I, I don't know. I just know that he broke some records. Everybody's breaking a record nowadays. Right, right. <laughs> There's always something. I'm breaking a record because I've been on this podcast for uh, nine minutes and 49 seconds. It'll be the hey. longest time you've done the podcast. Right. With someone in New York while wearing a white shirt. Right. Perfect. What a record. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, before we leave the, the, the other WWE stuff, do you have an all-time favorite match that you – Yep, man, that's a bad dude match. Yeah, uh, Ray versus Kurt at SummerSlam. Oh, that just art, mm-hmm. uh, utter art. Yes, yes. And that's, yes, and I think that's the main thing that fans need to understand about wrestling is watch for the the, the art, the storytelling. That's why. That's I mean, I'll be honest. That's why I don't watch much WWE and AEW anymore because. I see more storytelling in the indies than I do in the bigs, if that's what they call it. Re- regrettably, yeah. It's, uh, especially, and I'm not going to knock anybody, especially since I'm waiting for a, for a potential for potential payment in the future. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, uh, I think was it is either Paul Heyman or or Cornette, pro- probably both, honestly. That just explained yeah. that wrestling is so simple. You, you tell a straightforward story. Give everyone a reason to be fighting, mm-hmm. have the fight, and move on to the next story. It, it, everyone overcomplicates everything. Even when I read what fans wish would happen, I'm just like, it, it doesn't need to be that difficult. It, it's it's great when it's done correctly, but it's so rarely done correctly. Right. Uh, and I hope <laughs> Right. And you know, and you see, you talk about fans, you know, and um, one of that I was talking to my brother today. You know, it's the fans need to be fans. We need to stop bashing each other for who we like and who we don't like and what storylines we like and what storylines we don't like. We need to be the fans. If we're fans, we're fans, right? If we we have our own opinion. I could say Brother Greatness is the best wrestler in the world. If, if Reek Reek doesn't believe me, then that's that's okay because, but no, us fans start bashing each other and say, you, are you kidding me? You know, that's the one downfall about wrestling 
in itself as fans. You hear so much stuff, people talking trash about it. You know, it's just it makes you not want to watch. Yeah, yeah it, it it crosses the line. Like you know, with, with the NFL, you know, I'll, I'll sit down and say terrible things about the New England Patriots, but I'm not trying to tell someone not to watch their team. It, it's it, it's it's the, it's the strangest thing. It's, there's a line, and I feel like it gets crossed a lot in professional wrestling with with the fans. So Rick has a question. May I ask what you think about former Mission member Patrick Saint? <laughs> Patrick Saint is one of the most talented young professional wrestlers in Connecticut. I hope he gets out more soon, uh, and uh, I'm glad that he's no longer with the mission because personally, I didn't enjoy working with him. So, <laughs> but I respect him. <laughs> and Rick, we'll get to your next question in a minute. Okay, so um, talk about training. Uh, who was your trainer? What was that like? How how difficult was it when you got into it beginning compared to now? Yeah, training. Uh. Training for me started in 2012, early 2012, with uh, Joel Matsumo of the Spanish announce team, uh, who formerly teamed with uh, his brother, uh, brothers Jose, Will, and uh, his cousin Amazing Red. Um, so he was my first trainer, uh, followed up with uh, Matt Stryker uh, and the Grim Reefer. They were my trainers for a time, uh, with Grim probably being uh, one of the best ones in terms of me understanding ring psychology. Uh, yeah. Followed that up with Bronco International uh, out in the Bronx, um, Dominican wrestler. Uh, and then after that was the Amazing Red. Uh, now I'm training under the Remarkable Wrestling School with Kono Capuccia um, out on Long Island, New York. Uh, training was, the physical part of training was always, I don't want to say easy, but uh, it was easier for me uh, simply because uh, as a kid, I was throwing myself on things anyway. So bumping and all that stuff wasn't strange for me because I was already doing it on concrete. Um, <laughs> I had a wrestling background in high school, soccer, all of that stuff. So I was already an athlete. Uh, the difficult part was the mental part of it, really understanding where to do what. Because it's not just being an athlete. You have to know where the cameras are. You have to. There's just so much that goes into it when you're doing it correctly. Uh, so really, it was just more the mental stuff that was uh, that was difficult more than the physical, um, with a few exceptions. <laughs> Well, that that goes with that whole uh, storytelling. Yes, you, know, you kind of you really want to communicate with the crowd and either get them to hate you or get them to love you. Yep, absolutely, and it's what what I think I do best. Honestly, it's usually why people keep me around. <laughs> do you learn mic skills in uh, training? Uh, to a degree, yes. Uh, none of my, with the exception of Striker, who was really more focused on really tightening up our basics. Uh, none of my trainers were really what anyone considers like a, a big, a big promo guy. Uh, luckily I already walked into wrestling with a gift, a gift for gab and willing to put in the work. So I just took advice, went home, stared in front of that mirror and, uh, made sure I practiced up the ability to, uh, to speak in a way that would cause someone to want to purchase a wrestling ticket. That kind of was about like my question. I was going to ask you about your promos and stuff like do you rehearse about or they just come right to you when you're ready because you've been practicing it for so long? Yeah, no, I practice it. I'll give myself weird things to do. Like, hey, talk about, uh, I don't know, what, what's near me? Talk about having a match involving a pink water bottle. <laughs> and I'll go in the mirror, time it, so that when I'm asked to do something, uh, whether it's uh, being at CWF and uh, talking about my, my admiration for ketchup or whether or not I'm speaking about 
you know, something of a, of a greater magnitude, like wrestling Elijah Burke, it's no matter what the situation is, I know who myself as brother greatness, who isn't a very far separation from who Bradley is as a human being. Um, it's actually pretty much the same person. Um, I know exactly what the response would be. Gotcha. Yeah. So when you're going, like, go back to you, you said you back in school and stuff, that's when you really got into the wrestling. But was there anything else that you possibly wanted to do, like go to college or do any other sports? Oh, yeah. No, I, I did a lot of other stuff at the exact same time. So I went to college. I have a bachelor's from Hofstra. Um, okay. I was working towards uh I was working towards getting involved in marketing. The job I'm doing now, uh, my my other job, one of at, at one point I had three jobs earlier this year, um, including the wrestling. Uh, but I, I work I work in marketing as it is uh, day to day on top of the wrestling, on top of formerly working with the Jets, uh, <laughs> uh, on top of the schooling, on top of being a trainer for a while. Uh, so I, I did a lot. I did soccer. I did track. I. I wrestled. I went to college. I was in. I was very involved in campus. I was in student government. Uh, so <laughs> I don't get jack much. of all trades. Yeah, <laughs> and hopefully master of at least one. But uh, I don't. I don't get a lot of rest. <laughs> Just put it like that. There you go. So, who had the greatest influence or impact on your life in the wrestling world? Uh, probably directly. In, in in terms of directly, Bronco International did a lot for me. Um, which was my trainer in the Bronx. Um, he also gave me the my first true and to this day the, the best opportunity to present Brother Greatness in the way that I wanted him presented. I really wanted to simply just thank God for the opportunity to wrestle. And he didn't try to stop me because it was a, a Christian gimmick. He didn't want to try to stop me because there was a religious connotation. He just let me go out there and be me and a lot of the people in that area, very Spanish community, uh, very Christian community, they they attached themselves to it very quickly when all I was trying to do was represent my my love of Jesus Christ and my culture. That's it. Thank you. Ah. So we talk about wrestling. Who do you have a Mount Rushmore? And who, <laughs> like, who would you put up there? Yeah, the Mount Rushmore. Oh man, never great with that question. But uh, neither am I. <laughs> I'm going uh, today, at least. I'm going Fez, Flair. Yeah, Fez, Flair, Michaels, Taker. Flair, Fez, Michaels, Take, Michaels, Taker. Yeah, that's where I'm going today. You guys catch the Shawn Michaels, uh, CM Punk little skit there in um, NXT. That was different. <laughs> that was a little awkward. That was a little awkward. I thought, yeah, it was. Hey, uh, my sweatshirt. Um, yeah, I forgot the HBK one at home. So yeah, it was, it was, it was different. See, I, I unfortunately I missed that because um I was having issues trying to get that to watch it, okay. and I was like thirty minutes late in watching the show. Yeah, trust me, it's, it's all over YouTube, and yeah. uh, I'm looking forward to the articles everyone's going to write about it and whatever Cornette's going to say. Yeah, that'd be interesting. About it. Cornet. <laughs> Jimmy Cornet, yeah. Um, who is your closest friend in the industry? And do you still stay in touch with them and or them and pass uh, pass ideas back and forth? Yeah, there's a few people. Um, Dash and D Thousand. 
uh, who was my tag team partner in uh, the tag team known as the congregation for a very long time. Uh, yeah, that's, that's my brother. That's my brother in wrestling and Christ, everything that's yeah. Dasher. Awesome, man. So Rick asked, um, I'll get to this question before I go, before he gets tired and goes up, goes to bed. So favorite Connecticut promotion worked for. Oh, if it's Connecticut, it's test of strength. <laughs> if, if it's Connecticut, it's, it's easily test of strength. No offense to anyone else. You know, if it was New England, it might be a harder question, but Connecticut, test of strength easily. Awesome. Entrance music. How'd you go picking that entrance music? That's, I mean, I wish I would have been able to play it. It's a pretty um, dope uh, beat there. So Yeah, no, thank you. Uh, so I actually didn't pick it. Um, uh, my, uh, I call him my brother, we're well, not blood, but I call him my brother, uh, Corey, who's, uh, one of the producers for provider, um, out in Brooklyn, New York, uh, I think back in 2013, um, I was still coming out to Kurt Franklin's revolution and I wanted something custom because that, you know, could get flagged on YouTube, what have you. So he's not a wrestling guy. He's never seen me wrestle nothing. And I just told him, Hey, here's what I need. I didn't even know if he was going to do it three weeks later, the beat that <laughs> that was sent to you that simply titled greatness uh, was created. He was going to put lyrics on it. He never did. Cause he said, every time he went and sat down to write for it, he felt as though it didn't need it. So uh, I've used a lot of theme songs since then. Uh, uh, not, not today. Satan um, uh, one from another artist from Queens called champion uh, goes on and on. Um, Do You Believe, which is another custom theme, uh, but that's the one that I always find myself coming back to. Awesome. Rico. <laughs> so I was going to ask, uh, sorry, my eye. If you had, if you could, anybody, any organization, who would your dream match opponent be? Uh, so I just had mine. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just had mine on Saturday. I had the there Pope Elijah Burke. <laughs> no. Outside of Reverend Devon making a choice to come on back, there's 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 no one that's gonna gonna beat that. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, that's that's it. Even facing Ray, who I have such a admiration for Ray Mysterio, but the Pope was the the match I wanted. That for. that was the up there, and you got to do that. So yeah, if I had to choose anything, that's what my trainer Kono asked. That's how the match happened. He said if you could wrestle anyone who's active, and I'm I was thinking about it for days, and I'm like, it's really the Pope. Two weeks later, there's a poster. I'm like, what? 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 Like, <laughs> <laughs> that happened. Des- that happened December 9th, correct? That uh, yep. remarkable wrestling happened on Saturday. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So that was one of my next questions. Um, what was going through your mind? And I mean, I read your post on your Facebook post. And it talks about you're thanking him for the lessons learned, etc. He's he's amazing. He's been around the business forever, so I imagine he's such he has such knowledge. So, as a guy in the ring, um, you got all the you lost. I think, if I remember right, yes, correct. And um, so that, uh, what what did you learn, and how did he teach you? And yeah, yeah, uh, I learned because I had the opportunity to speak with him after the match, uh, and I learned a lot about the business of uh, in terms of the upper echelon promotions, what have you, WWE, what have you, um. I learned a lot about him as a person and I didn't, we have a lot of similarities and a lot of the life lessons he learned. um, He shared with me 
certain things that I wouldn't necessarily be able to share, but things that I definitely plan to incorporate, um, not only in my gimmick, but in my life, uh, because it it was it was a lot of spiritual focus discussion regarding the way that I present the kingdom of Jesus Christ in the world of wrestling, because there's a lot of things that I'm proud of with it and a lot of things that I'm not. And just trying to find the best way to glorify the Lord without allowing uh, without allowing my, my faith and belief system to become parodied. Um, that more than anything else. Uh, the in-ring stuff too, just positioning things, timing, um, moments where, hey, maybe I could have been a little bit more aggressive. Uh, things like that. Um, the Pope is a wealth of knowledge, and I wish I had more than a couple hours with him. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. So I was going to ask, and where do you see yourself in 10 years? Like, do you try to move up to a bigger promotion or maybe in training? Yeah, uh, the big hope nowadays, uh, and it's some, I'm always struggling with the future, right? I think we all are um, mm -hmm. on some level. Um, and, you know, God, God's will will be, you know, <laughs> his will will be mine. But as, as it stands at the moment, having a contract would be fantastic. Hopefully not even 10 years from now, but 10 years from now, I hope that I've, I've had a contract at some point if I'm not currently on one. Um, and honestly, I hope to be wrestling um, or being involved in wrestling in a way that I find fulfilling and that allows me to service people in some way. That's, that's what I want to be doing. That's the easy answer. The more like, oh, yeah, I'd love a contract, yada, yada. That'd be great. It'd be nice, it'd be nice to have only one job. But, um, <laughs> right, right. you know, kind of what I'm doing right now on a higher on a higher tier, whether that be promotionally or as a, as a character or what have you, that's that's the goal. And you got one step in the foot in the door. I mean, May of 2023, May 4th, actually, you um, had a match with some of the baddest dudes AW, he had a match with the um, Blackpool Combat Club. So you had to face Claudio, John Moxley, and Willie Uta. Some Those are some bad guys. And I don't know how I would have felt after that match, but I'm sure you could tell us how you felt after that match. Yeah, how does Claudio hit, man? I've heard he hits hard. <laughs> That's exactly what I was about to do. I took a woman. Because, <laughs> you know, we did. <laughs> you know, my. Myself, Alvin Alvarez, Aaron Rorick, you know, we're in the three-on-three -three tag there. Uh, live in, U in UBS Arena on Dynamite. Uh, these guys come out. Motsley and Claudio are way bigger than, he, than they seem on television. They chuck me overhead. They're giving me a proper whooping. I'm trying to essentially escape the ring. And I had no idea that Claudio was even near me, much less that he was going to grab me. And he put me in the just the most painful variation of a cross face I have ever experienced oh, ever experienced. That man is every bit as strong as they, <laughs> as they have promoted over the years. Claudio man, just tremendous. Uh, great guy too. Great guy. You see him in the back having a cereal. He's a, he's a, he's a good dude, but he, uh, yeah, he, my neck was hurting for a couple weeks. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. And that same story. day, that you, get, you did a dark match, and it didn't get any easier. You had to face Alex Reynolds, Evil Uno, and John Silver of the Dark Order. So, yeah, I mean, that, 
that one I was a little bit more prepared for as a, with the exception of Uno, um, the, the, the rest, they're, they're all from Long Island. So I've, I've, I've seen them before. I've never wrestled them, but I've been backstage with them uh, early in their careers prior to AEW. So I kind of had a better idea of what to do in that situation. I think when you watch the match, you can kind of tell <laughs> that it was something that I was a little bit more accustomed to. Not to say, like, I know Wheeler Yuta pretty well, all things considered as well. I made his acquaintance a few months prior to, to that contest over at Beyond Wrestling. Um, but definitely the Dark Order match was a little bit more of a, if I want to show off, hey, I'm wrestling, here's the biggest place I've ever wrestled, I'm showing that off. If I'm trying to present, like, hey, I can work with the best in the world, then it's going to be the Blackpool uh, Combat Club match. So I hear you saying, I mean, this is my pot stirrer time. I hear you saying, when you get that contract, AEW, you're going to go knocking on um, Claudio's door and say, hey, let's have a rematch. Uh, he might not be my first knock, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a couple of doors and there's Claudio he's, down. There. He's on the depth chart. He's on the depth. He's on the roster. <laughs> on the 53 man roster of people whose doors I'm knocking on, I think he's going to be number 52. Let me give <laughs> myself a second. I, I respect that. I respect that. <laughs> number 59 will probably be John Moxley for me. I would not want to face that man. That and man is different. That that makes different. (laughs) It's just different. Yes, yes. We've got a breed of pit bull at this point. (laughs) Rico. Oh man. So he's pretty pretty crazy in the ring, huh? Yeah, he'll look he's a little crazy backstage the same way he's pacing out there in in the ring is the same way he's pacing backstage. Uh he's he's a little he's a beast. Uh, So do you have a uh like a a workout routine or eating routine that you like to follow? Yeah. Um, there's a, there's three versions of it. There's the, the one I want to do, the one I try to do and the one I actually do. <laughs> so right, right now I'm on uh right now I'm on my version of a powerlifting split um, where I do two main count compound movements. And then we'll do basic accessory three times a week uh, on top of training on Tuesdays. Um, I'll usually get a second day in there depending on my uh, uh, my schedule. So if I have a show Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, there is no other training day. But if I'm just working a show Thursday and Saturday, then Friday I'll usually get in a training session as well. I'll typically hit some kind of lift while I'm at the school because there's workout equipment at the school um, before I get in the ring for anywhere between three to four hours. Um, doing a lot of cardio drills and uh, some basics, try out a few different movements. Uh, so I'm doing something athletic, not including uh, the shows, uh, a minimum of four times a week. Uh, in terms of eating, it's uh, at this point, it's become lifestyle. So I'd have to think about it as much, but it's uh, very meat, greens, and fruit heavy. Uh, I'll usually get something in there, a little bit of rice, a little bit of potato, what have you. Um, but it's usually, uh, that's the focus. I try to eat at least four times a day. The hope is to eat six times a day uh, to maintain my current weight without putting on too much fat yep uh, good old six six meals portion them out yeah the macros that whole thing <laughs> yeah yeah i'm not measuring it out the way i used to uh but hey i'm looking decent <laughs> my lifting numbers are good the scale the scales agreeing so things awesome. are good for now we'll see what happens after christmas promotion so, oh go ahead sorry Rico. Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. i was just going to continue with it so like a we explained to the newer guys coming in about how important cardio is because I've met guys who 
did, did the indies say, oh, I just lift now. I don't need to worry about cardio. You're going to die in the ring. <laughs> you need that cardio. Hey, five minutes in, doing all the cool stuff in the world. Someone gives you one nice crack to the back of the head and you're back. <gasps> you're not going to catch your breath till you get to the bath. The, the lights are hot and there's people screaming at you. And there's a man stepping on your head. Yeah, cardio before <laughs> everything else. Cardio. Cardio and you got to stretch. Those are the two big ones. Because every, I don't know how many young muscle bound men I've met that started with wrestling that up oh, eight months in, torn bicep, up oh, torn quad. Like, you don't, you look great. You have a great, great body. You're deadlifting 650 pounds, whatever. But you, you have no flexibility. So you can't take a suplex. Look at you. <laughs> Climbing on the top rope. You, you, you totally, you have no balance. What are you gonna do? You can't you can't do this. You gotta fix you gotta fix it. Right, right. What is it like working for wrestling open? Okay, so wrestling open for those who don't know is uh independent promotion out of uh, Worcester, Massachusetts that runs live every Thursday at 7 45 p.m. Um it's uh it's in the same family as Beyond Wrestling and Women's Wrestling uh, Revolution. Uh so that whole universe of professional wrestling. Um, the open has been awesome and awful at the exact same time. Um, I've learned so much about how things are supposed to be done. Doing the open prepared me for AEW. I, I sincerely believe it prepared me for how things are supposed to be organized. If anything, wrestling open is more uh, specific about what they want and what they're looking for. Uh, the leadership there is great. The fans are uh insatiable uh, and, and they love it they're always there over 200 people there every single week um and it's it's been difficult it's it's actually a challenge that i'm currently working on trying to determine the best way to present brother greatness there in a venue that is definitely not christ christ forward or christ centered um i've made a lot of mistakes during my time there a lot of things i'd like to take back and then there's things that I've done there that I'm extremely proud of um, and has caused uh, the kind of reaction both from the fans on camera and from people at the merchandise table when they come and speak to you after the fact. Um, so it's the, the best and worst thing I, I've ever done in my career. <laughs> best and worst. And uh, depending on each individual story, you, you'd, you'd understand why, but I, I wouldn't give it up for anything. It's my favorite place to work today because it's a challenge. So I'm going to piggyback off that answer, off that question because it, I was going to ask the question. We'll get to the CWF stuff, but how difficult is it from taking your character, your person? Because that's what I hear you saying is you are who your character is. So taking that and you're so you wrestle with CWF a bunch. Of, it's a Christian organization. And you and that's what you do. You love to um, bring the word. You love to show your talent. Now you got to go to um, say. FF, I don't know. How about um, FFW or Riot Championship? Um, are the or, or remarkable wrestling? How different is it, and how do you mentally prepare yourself to to not be at a Christian wrestling um, uh, promotion, and you know, and being a secular thing? Is it hard to to be with those guys in the back? Is it what do you? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, the guys in the back. Um are oftentimes really a non-issue. You know, wrestling's not what it 
what it was what it's described as in in dark side of the ring anymore you know there's guys back there playing video games and like talking about foolishness like it's very it's not even what it was back in 2012 where it's like yeah if you look in the wrong corner you'll see somebody doing something they really shouldn't be uh but for the most part um, it hasn't been that tough, and a lot of the times the guys would will pull me to the side and would and actually do talk to me about like their faith, their religion, or why I'm 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 faith forward, or just just want to have those very real conversations about life and and Christianity and hey, like you know, I was Catholic as a kid, and then I grew up, and this is based on a conversation I very recently had, and. You know, it was like, oh, yeah, you know, like, you know, I did confirmation and everything, but then I just kind of fell out of love. But I've been around you for the last three years, and you always seem to be smiling and happy when you're backstage and da-da-da-da-da. You get along with people. And I know that the Christianity is a big part of it. Can you explain to me how much of it is is that versus everything else? I'm like, Christ is my everything. So anything you see of me is attributed directly to Christ, and it, it led to a, a much longer conversation. Uh, and I'm looking forward to running into him in February. <laughs> but I won't use names, what have you. Um, but yeah, no, it's backstage is easy. Not easy, but it's, it's not that hard. Uh, with the fans, it, it gets difficult. With the promoters, it gets difficult. Because I'm oftentimes asked to do things that I wouldn't necessarily be comfortable with. And earlier in my career, I was very good at discerning what I should and shouldn't do. Uh, the last probably two years, I'll do something. And then three months after the fact, I have a conversation with, with someone who someone in the church or like my fiance or what have you, and it'll be like, yeah, no, that, that crossed the line. And now having to double back and figure out like, okay, how do I handle this? How do I do that? Um, so in terms of what I'm asked to do and in terms of how the crowd reacts and some of the things they say, um, that part has been very difficult, challenging, and I have not been doing a great job of dealing with it over the last several months, uh, trying to solve a lot of problems now. Thank you. I was, I was just curious, because that has to be difficult. Oh yeah, it's it gets to you. <laughs> yeah. Especially, you know, you go traveling and stuff, you, you go to different areas, you know, you get one, all the temptation, everything around you. <laughs> you know, you you get around people, you're just like, Oh man, I I gotta I, I nope, I gotta pipe down. Yeah, just nine times out of ten. I mean, after a show, I always tell everyone. I'm leaving. <laughs> like, be done with the show. Get the cash. Shake some hands. We're gone. We're out of here. But that—that's part of the reason that CWF just became such a. It, it's like home for me at this point, it, it, and I'm there so rarely. But I, I tell like all my friends who ask, like, "Oh, you know, you went to Texas. What did you do?" And I'm like, "I went to visit my cousins." At this point, because it's like I, it's so refreshing to go to a to go to. It's it's exactly what I want to do. I get to be me more than I've ever been me before. I'm surrounded by good guys who are having a great time having fun, but we're there getting a chance to still pray together and congregate. And you get, and I've done other, you know, faith-based uh, promotions, nothing against them, but it's, it's, CWF is different. There's something really unique about that space to the point that I almost moved to Texas just so I could, you guys, all, you guys, all the guys, brother, great was supposed to move to Texas. We don't know what happened to that. <laughs> I, was, I almost did it. I wanted to end up getting a, a job offer over here and never got a Dallas one and in Long Island. So I moved from Brooklyn to Long Island instead of Brooklyn to, to, to Dallas. But man, it's, I wish, I almost can't say I wish every promotion was like CWF because then it will make CWF, less special and maybe it wouldn't have the same impact. I don't know. 
Um, but I, I wish there was more, more CWF. I wish I had three more of them, one in Mass, one in Connecticut, and one in New York. <laughs> All right, there you go. And uh, Rico and I are trying to work things out, so we'll be there. We're trying to be there December 2024 for the cage matches. So you need to find a match that day on 2024 in December, man. Yeah, yeah, no, look, coming up, I, uh, and I remember last time I was there, they were talking about possibly doing a cage, and I was like, ah, my gosh, I need to go. (laughs) 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 Oh, man, but I know they're going to have a a great show and a great message as always. Uh, Man, if I lived out there, they'd see me, I'd be there every week. (laughs) So, promotions and championships, I'm going to read down what I wrote. So can you talk to us about working for multiple indie promotions, um, Remarkable Wrestling, FFW Faithful, VPW, and CWF? You are currently the FFW Faithful Light Heavyweight Champion. Mm-hmm. You are the number one contender to the Riot Champion in um, Remarkable Wrestling. And you say you are always in the in the New York State Championship conversation at VPW Wrestling. So is there someone there that has the belt you want? And can you talk about the championship? Because I think you made a quote about a week ago, or maybe this week, that you claim that, you're, that you, one of your goals is to be a multiple title holder. Yes. Yeah, so uh, back, in, uh, back in 19, uh, you know, before the pandemic, obviously, um, I was at a time holding four championships at the same time, uh, one in Delaware, one in Connecticut, uh, one in the Bronx in New York, uh, and one in uh, one in uh, Rhode Island. Uh, so I lost all of them at some point leading into the pandemic. And then the last one I had died because the promotion uh, never got back off the ground, at least in the United States. Um, so the, the championship is deep, is defunct. It's, it's sitting in my, it's probably sitting in my room somewhere or I brought it to class. I don't, it's either there at the remarkable wrestling school. <laughs> uh, so I won the full fifth championship earlier this year. Um, I'm the number one contender for the riot championship. Um, and for the New York state title, I got a chance to wrestle for it earlier in the year. Um, from speaking to the promoter, it seems like it's an opportunity I'll get again. Um, and the fan base is a family based very family oriented uh, promotion, so they, they they love it. They love positivity, uh, so they'll always push for me to get an opportunity. So uh, just from just from looking at it, it, it seems obvious to me that I I could very well be uh, representing three different Long Island companies or Long Island based companies with three championships that are all very similar in terms of the division. Nice. So do you have any your eyes on anybody at CWF for a championship there? Oh, well, CWF, the, the funny thing is that I, I held the tag team titles technically for a day. Uh, <laughs> but uh, my tag team partner got signed and is now in WWE NXT. <laughs> so now when it comes to CWF, my thoughts are less about a championship and more about being there as often as possible. Although Brother Hart and I definitely have some uh, <laughs> some unfinished business to say the very least. So whether a title is involved or not. Uh, greatness and, is something we need. And I'm not going to start to stir the pot. Oh, he's going to stir it. That sounds but, like stir the pot. <laughs> but you mentioned Brother Hart. <laughs> We're going to get to some information Brother Hart shared with me mm-hmm. along with Rob Bond. They okay. had the same, same info. All right. I got to hear it. So it's 
it's it gets pretty 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 messy. It's a it's about some catch up, but we'll get there. <sighs> true and true. Yeah, I, I, I got to hear about this catch up. <laughs> and then I, I know it's coming. We're almost there. We're almost there. <laughs> but don't don't think I'm trying to cause problems or stirring the pot. I'm not. But we're gonna get there. He stirred the pot like it was a good meal already, but please continue. <laughs> He's already got. He's already going. The big wooden spoon. Go ahead, Rico. So what's a what's your favorite type of match actually been? We're talking about cage match, last man standing, tables. You know, what what's your favorite? Um so in terms of more conventional matches, two out of three falls. A adore good two out of three falls match. I haven't had one in Four years, I want to say. Uh, but two out of three falls match, my personal favorite in terms of conventional. For less conventional matches at VPW last year or this year, I'm starting to forget which, uh, I had a great, great contest called a holier-than-thou match, um, mm. which is um, which is essentially uh, it, it just a lot of simple rules. It was just like, you know, you can't, use the you can't do a rope break more than three times um like it had a, a list of, a list of rules and if you break those rules uh you, you could no longer do certain things uh so the fans really seemed to enjoy it uh but that just because it was a match type that was specifically made for me um mm -hmm. that does have a special place in my heart but two out of three falls in terms of the conventional those are always great matches yeah. you can how important are fans' interactions for you and wrestling um, in the wrestling business, like at the merchant table or even during a match? How does that that should be important, I would think. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say that there's really nothing more important to me. Uh, a lot of wrestlers, especially in this, I mean, I'm part of this generation, but uh, <laughs> a lot of the wrestlers in this generation, especially backstage, they seem very focused on me, 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 me. And I'm, I, I'm very focused on the uh, the audience, the crowd, uh, engaging with them, caring about how they feel about the contest, and and really getting a reaction from them. Uh, it's rough wrestling in front of a crowd that's quiet. It's rough wrestling in front of a small crowd. Uh, I, I can't even say that because you can have a crowd of five people, but if they're if they're thoroughly engaged, it feels like you're wrestling in front of five hundred, five thousand, fifty thousand. Mm -hmm. engagement matters more than anything else they're the per they're the people who are paying for the ticket they're the people that we should be actively ministering to they're the individuals who should be get getting something from this first and foremost it, it should really be be for honestly you should be serving christ with your performance then your next focus should be the people who are seeing it and then your next thing after that should really be looking at yourself with the hopes of improving in a way that allows you to serve the first two that's, that's the way I see. Everybody else is worried about their 450 moon salt. <laughs> yeah, it must have, must have been really hard, you know, during the COVID times when you just couldn't have nobody there. Rough. <laughs> rough, yeah. rough, rough. You just get really focused on the camera, though. Just get what really was, focused on the camera. What was the smallest crowd you've ever been in, um, wrestled in front of? Uh, no one. <laughs> just camera. <laughs> just camera, that's it. Camera, and then, what was it, six other guys on the show because it was a very small closed taping in the middle of 2020. Wow. Yeah. So no one there. There was a dog. <laughs> yeah. Can you talk about the importance of brotherhood and um, 
in the business and how, what it means by paying paying your dues, paying it forward. Yeah, no. Uh, as human beings, we're social we're social creatures. So whether it's in professional wrestling in your career, no matter what you're doing, uh, having a connection with other people is significant. You have to have to connect with other people. So, uh, the brotherhood aspect of professional wrestling um, gets a little bit a little bit too much uh, pomp and circumstance for my for my taste sometimes. Uh, but when you do find people who really do care about you as a as a person and as a professional that also understands the difficulty that comes with it. Uh, it it's very unique and special. Um, I, I think it's something that you need to have on some level in professional wrestling. I don't know if it's something that you can actively work on or towards. I don't think making the friendships and the brotherhood should be your primary focus, but it should naturally happen if you're really putting your all into this business because it's all about working with other people. So how do you not have the brotherhood when you're putting your life in someone else's hands and vice versa? It, it, it has to happen. Without it, there is no pro wrestling. It's not, it's not cohesive. Um, paying your dues, extremely important, um, both in an objective sense. How are you going to aim to get a contract and you don't understand how to put a ring together? That you don't understand the mechanics of the ring. There's certain things in a match you literally can't do because you don't know how to take off a turnbuckle. So how are you going to expose it? Like there's just so many little things. Like you don't know you don't know the ring. So how can you wrestle? It, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't compute. Um, literally paying the financial dues. If no one's paying for the school, the school can't be open. Rent needs to be paid. Yep. <laughs> Having yeah. basic respect for people. That's. We can say that's paying your dues, but you should have basic respect in any apprenticeship. If you are a plumber, you can't decide that you're the guy who's going to fix the, the plumbing at the first house you go to. You need to listen to the master plumber. It's 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 basic respect. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <coughs> Rico. Do you remember your very first match and how it went? Yes, my first match was May 26th of 2012. It was a battle royal in Queens uh, in the gymnasium of, um, I forget the name of the church. It was a, it was a Catholic church uh, out in Far Rockaway. Um, and Tony Mamaluke uh, of ECW fame was there backstage. And I told him what my plans were going into this battle royal, my first match of my life, trying to tell, you know, a legend what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, listen, you're in a battle royal, kid. Whatever you do, here's your goal. Do not end up taking any big moves in the middle of the ring. You will land on someone's leg and you will get seriously hurt. Be careful. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I just ran with that. And I remember getting flung over the top rope. I didn't know my mother was in the crowd. She does not like professional wrestling, but she showed up. That was the first and last match she ever came to. Oh. She didn't want to see it ever again. <laughs> she was angry for months. Uh, and then my first singles match was in Brooklyn. And that one uh, was against a young man named Panic, who is now a battle rapper. In uh, in Harlem, um, so yeah, both both went fa- both went very well, and uh, I learned a lot from both matches. Who threw you over? That's a great question. <laughs> I know his first name was Joey. I don't remember his last name. It's eleven years ago, so when <laughs> um, his first name was Joey, he had an Angry Birds kind of thing. He was dressed; his tights had the black Angry Bird on it. When Angry Birds was the big. Yeah. <laughs> So I told you I was a foster 
parent. I told you I ran an emergency shelter. So these my kids, I talk to the, my kids all the time about what I do. So they have some questions. So it's going to be like a, a shoot, a fire questions. Okay. Let's do it. Favorite food? Uh, dolphin fish, also known as mahi mahi in the States. Yeah, great fish. Great fish. Does pineapple belong at pizza? Personally, yes. But it has to be done a certain way. It can't be too wet and it can't be canned. Thank you. It can't be canned. That's good. We have, to, yeah, okay. We got Favorite so book? Uh, Tuesdays with Maury by Mitch Album. Mm. Favorite TV show? Besides WWE SmackDown? <laughs> All right. Favorite movie? Favorite movie, The Lion King. Love it. Great. You have any hobbies? Uh, yes. Watching uh, way too much of the Jets breaking my heart. <laughs> and rollerblading. Rollerblading. Yeah, lions over here. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to even ask this next question. Favorite? Okay, what your favorite sports team should be is the Michigan Wolverines. But <laughs> what is your favorite um, sports team? Wolverines have my favorite colors, um, but my favorite sports team is the New York Jets. New York Jets. Hey, they they did good this past Sunday. Great game yesterday. They gave us hope. Every year they give us hope. Hope. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, us Lions fans know that so well. Well, you know, this year we're like, oh man, this is the year, and now we're going down that downward trend. Yeah. Uh. And Rico took my last question. The last question is, what was your um, favorite Mount, your Mount Rushmore of wrestlers? So, what? So I'll say, do you acknowledge the Tribal Chief? Uh, yes, I, I, I indeed acknowledge the Tribal Chief. I definitely do. I read something that um that was one of your favorites. The bloodlines, one of your favorite storylines going. Uh, oh wow, where do you? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I must have posted that a while ago. Well done. <laughs> yeah, no, been beautifully done, beautifully, beautifully put together. Yeah, Absolutely nice. adoring it. I love a long story. I love a long title run. People are complaining. Let them complain. I'm enjoying it. Right, and I tell yeah. I tell this story all the time. I love the story because it shows uh, conflict and family. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to bring, I honestly, I'm not, I don't, I'm nowhere near a writer, but I honestly think sometimes in the near future, we're going to see the brothers come back together somehow, some way. It's just going to be a beautiful story because I have a younger brother and, you know, we banter back and forth and we, you know, he likes this guy, I like this guy. We, you know, we, as brothers, we have our issues and I love how they're doing it. And I just, yeah. so I read that and I'm like, yeah, he's right. It's probably one of the best storylines not next to the NWO storyline. That would be my favorite. So yeah, no, I, I I'm really struggling to think of something that I, I thought was was done done better top to bottom. The matches have been incredible. Mm-hmm. All the matches have been great. The the story arcs with Brock, the way the acting has been great. Everything with Sammy was was really good. And I, I honestly I miss it. That was the peak of the story. I'm sure they'll find another. But um it's he kept it Uzi. Yeah, he kept it Uzi. And what's what's great about it is that. It's it's still going. Yes. It, it, it's not like it was a quick six month program. It wasn't even those those old year long programs that it was small sub stories that lead to a bigger one. This has been going on for years, and it's still interesting. So I, it's 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 hard to it's hard outside of the eighties, like all the, like some of the stuff that happened in the eighties, like you know dealing with even like the Flair Steamboat stuff. Outside of that kind of pre attitude era kind of storytelling. I don't. I don't know how you can beat it. You know, probably top of my head, one of the best. It's up there. It's not the best, but one of the best was you know like Macho and Hulk Hogan. You know that storyline that they had. You know, 
just coming together, mega powers and going back and forth at each other. I really like their storyline, but yeah, the bloodline, it's just up there. They they do a great job at it. And I just love the way, like uh, in the ring, Roman himself, how he keeps things, keeps things methodical. He's like real slow and he just handles business and like, man, it it doesn't need to be fast paced. He does it his way. Yep. And it's because it's different than what everyone else is doing. Mm -hmm. That's, That's what makes MJF work too. It's just different. Oh, that guy's great. Yeah. <laughs> I used great. to hate him until I understood what he was doing. At first, I was like, man, here, what? But but he's phenomenal. That guy's a, a genius. Yeah, no, I, I like him a lot. He, and he hired me to deliver. <laughs> I thought I was delivering pizza. They sent me to deliver tequila to MJF. So, you know, yeah. I've, I've <laughs> <laughs> so technically I've received a check from MJF. There you go. Yeah, there you go. You hear it here. No. Um, so how did you first become involved with um, CWF? Um, yes. Yeah, so uh, right before the pandemic, uh, Rob reached out to me. Uh, I saw a, uh, I was at a tryout in Jersey. There was a wrestler there. Ah, man, I wish I remember the name. Like we'd never really connected, connected. Um, but he ended up getting a lot of the guys who did well in the tryout into the Texas independent, like wrestling Facebook group thing. And I was like, cool. Um, I don't know for sure whether or not that's where Rob found me. I've, I always just assumed that's where it was. But uh, yeah, he reached out to me, asked me if I had any interest. I thought it was, I thought it was like a spam thing, like somebody was just messing with me. And then I looked into it. And I'm like, this is this is this. <laughs> like, like this is amazing. So we get to talk and we work out that you know I'm going to come down. I think I was supposed to come down originally in the beginning of 2020 or the end of 2019. So no, the beginning of 2020, I think, because pandemic was solidly in there and the date got canceled. So I was like, great. I'll never get to go. What a shame. Um, but a man of his word, you know, he told me that he would definitely reach back out and brought me, brought me in uh, via that connection. And uh, yeah, ever since then I've had my, uh, <laughs> ever since then I've had my Texas family, really straightforward story. Not, not too many twists and turns. Nice. Nice. Rico. Oh, in that since it's the holidays, what is the best Christmas movie? I want to say, listen, I'm going to say Die Hard because it feels like I need to say it because no one, no <laughs> one's crazy because I thought it's a Christmas movie. My, <laughs> no wife will, my wife will like that one. <laughs> I'll let bit. her know your favorite Christmas movie is it, Die Hard. It's, 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 what I want, it's what I want my answer to be. <laughs> oh, I heard in the background. That's awesome. Yeah, she is a movie buff. I, I mean, I love her because she, she's movie, 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 movie. And here I am going, uh, it's not wrestling, <laughs> you know. And, you know, and it's like, so yeah, I do like Die Hard. Yeah, yeah. No, it's I, I, it, I, I would have never said that like two years ago. But I've gotten so many, so many discussions and arguments and heated debates about the fact that Die Hard is even a is even a Christmas movie. Right. <laughs> At this point, now I've decided it's the best one. If you don't believe it's one, it's the best one. <laughs> Just go there watch you go. it. You'll agree. Yeah. <laughs> so, is there any memorable matches? What's your? I guess what's your in CWF? What's your most memorable match that you've had in there? Caprice. One on one with Caprice Coleman. It's it's. He is on in a couple of weeks. He's going to be on in January. So in January, that's. And I'm not. Good. Promise you, I won't stir the pot for another 
like a rematch. Because hey, if you want to stir the pot for something, you could definitely stir the pot for that. That match was, uh, wow. Everything I said about about the Pope, but times, times a thousand. Times a thousand. Pope might have been the dream match. I obviously have a ton of respect for Caprice. I've never learned more from an interaction with respect to professional wrestling than the time I spent around Caprice Coleman. Uh, just yeah. brilliant I'm individual. I'm excited to talk to him. So, yeah. Rico. So, if you, uh, let's just say in a month or two, you happen to WWE comes knocking, who would you want to face the most in that company right now? Xavier, Xavier Woods. I, I believe that guy is so underrated, man. Yep. Really is. They have not yeah. given him the push that he needs. Absolutely. You hear He's, that WWE? He he his his time as his when they did the King of the Ring thing with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my my fiance is not a big wrestling person at all. Uh, but we did not miss a single week of SmackDown while he was doing the whole King of the Ring thing. It was it was great. All the stuff with the bloodline. Everyone knew where it was going. My 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 my, my fiance knew where it was going, <laughs> but we refused to miss a second. That that jet is is incredible. He's incredible in the ring. Um, I've legitimately taken things that he's done and incorporated into my own move set to the point that I don't even remember what I came up with versus what I took from him. I, I don't know anymore. I've totally <laughs> back when he was Consequences Creed. So it's just su- such a talented individual. Seems like a really nice guy to be around. I, I yeah, that's that's the big request. You know, and I agree with Rico. I'm gonna just piggyback off of that. You know, we have um, the new day. And we have our truth showing up at uh, Survivor Series. That was funny, although I have a problem when you got guys like with that much talent, and you're gonna throw them in a in a com- in a comical commercial isk, if you will. I don't I don't agree with that. I think those guys deserve to be in the ring just as much as anybody else in that thing. And I don't I don't understand that. It's not for me to understand. That's just a fan point of view. I think they're underutilizing the New Day, underutilizing our truth. I just don't know. Yeah, so t- I, tell me one match. Sorry, tell me one match you've seen our truth be in that you're like, man, this guy's boring. He's not boring. He's all. not boring. That's not what I'm saying. I know. I'm just saying, like, that's the way like they're making you feel I'm like saying, oh, we're not giving him time because he's not good enough. Yeah. Right. I'm saying what he's what's going on with him is even when that 24-7 title. I got so sick and tired <laughs> of that stupid storyline, if you want to call it that. It doesn't. It didn't give him. It didn't give him the respect of the of the uses. It uses art that he should get, and that's just my opinion. I just don't think he got. I don't know. I think they underutilize him. So I personally would love to see way more of our truth in the ring. Former NWA champion. Yeah, wrestling forever in a day can do all this athletic stuff, but as as a wrestler who gets used, so like someone brought up wrestling open earlier. I wrestled there for they're up to 101 episodes, 102 is on Thursday, uh, every week for for almost two years. I wrestled from episode five all the way to episode seventy something. Didn't miss too many weeks, um, and now I've been regu- regulated to being a manager. And, a, and now I'm their color commentator. And there's a lot of fans who all the time say to me, like, man, I wish you were wrestling on this every week. I wish, I wish, I wish. And I'm sitting there like, yeah, no, I know I can go. You guys know I can go. 
but it's nice to know that I literally don't have to. Mm-hmm. It's it's really, and it's not even a financial thing. It's because it's not that much money in the Indies. Um, but it's just a lot of the guys can't, a lot of the guys aren't comfortable speaking. A lot of the guys can't be managers. A lot of guys aren't humble enough to take the step back. Um, and I am, and I like to think our truth is too, where it's like, now he's able to do something that the other guys just can't do. They literally can't. Everyone can wrestle. That's why they got the job. But not all of them can do all this other stuff. I still think he needs to be in that ring. I totally agree with that. I need to see him. But like, I, because I'm now that I'm in the same shoes, because I felt the same way until I became a full-time manager for the Open. And until that moment, I felt the same way. And I was like, wait, I get more attention, time, respect, and everything else behind like with the headphones on or next to somebody else than i ever do wearing the tights and the knee pads it's like this isn't and my knees my knees killing me and i don't have to wrestle for three weeks (laughs) because all my bookings are all managing and commentaries now i'm getting healthy and when i do wrestle i get to go absolutely bonkers (laughs) now if you i mean that from that standpoint now that you explain it like that because again i would not believe that unless i doing what you're doing right yeah no I, I didn't believe it until i was like ah i can't wrestle and then two weeks later i was like this is great <laughs> this is wonderful yeah. wait a minute my knee can rest up okay coming from that coming from that angle yeah i agree okay yeah, you so, get to train harder you try crazier things and, train see, and that's and- why you know as a podcast guy that's why i ask those questions because or make those statements because i don't know Maybe there's a reason why he's doing that. And then if that's how it is, that's great how it is. But he's I'm an just... older wrestler, too. He's been wrestling since like the early 90s. Uh, our truth has to be at least like 47, 48. Been wrestling since he was like 19. Like he's got to be hurting. Yeah. <laughs> um, are there any specific Bible verses or Christian teachings that inspire you in your wrestling career? Uh, so Matthew 5, verse 5, big one for me. Uh, Blessed are me for they shall inherit the world. Um, just because it's really easy to get to kind of lose a level of humility when you're trying to move in a fashion of a superstar, per se. Um, I think it's really important to stay grounded on some level. And it's it's one verse that even when I'm wrestling, I'll find if I'm going to spit something out outside of like flat out just saying hallelujah, it's usually it's usually that verse. It's usually where I end up. Nice. It's simple and it's it's just kind of easy to just kind of get out and it it helps when I'm starting to feel a little too high or a little too low. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Rico? Well, I actually uh wait for huge pop to get to this ketchup. All right. <laughs> All right. That's what I'm waiting for. It's getting there. It's getting there. Um <laughs> so I don't know if I think Rico might ask this, but what advice do you have for aspiring wrestlers who want to integrate their Christian faith into their, to their career. Uh, Even though it's the exact opposite of what I did. um, I would say, do not make it the character, make it a consistent trait of the character. Be anything you want to be and make, cause your, your light's going to shine either way. They're going to, people are going to see what you're about either way, and you'll get to present the kingdom 
without having to almost put it under fire, right? Where right. it's like every everything I do, I have to so vigorously defend my faith, vigorously defend the word, vigorously defend Jesus Christ, and it's it's exhausting. Um, and we were called to do that on some level as Christians, but to put yourself in that while also trying to do everything else that comes with wrestling. Um, I say make sure that's always a trait and it's always a forward thing without putting the kingdom under fire. All right. I should have asked one of the fire questions from the kids. Thank you for that, by the way. Um, what is your favorite restaurant when you visit Texas? <laughs> Look, I should it's, it's a burger, burger man. <laughs> I don't know if it counts, but I, I love it. It's the precursor to these, to these <laughs> questions. And of course, I will be honest with you. Um, I every time I do a podcast, I will reach out to the promoter or whatever. And I know these guys, I know Rob and I know um JT very well. I reached out. My question was, what is some good information about brother greatness that you would think that I wouldn't be able to find that would be awesome for the podcast. And of course, Rob Vaughn, I'm going to throw him under the bus too. And JT Reinhardt said the same. They mentioned, ask him about his experience at the Texas Whataburger. So this is what he said. This is what I got. I can't make it up. I had on my text. Ask him about when he came to Texas and taking him to our famous burger spot called Whataburger, and he was obsessed with the fancy ketchup. He did a real funny promo about it. We used it that night in the ring, and Ryan Hart came out and beat him down and put a big cart on his chest with a <laughs> bottle of fancy ketchup. So it's your time, it's your time to shine, man. <laughs> <Can I see? laughs> He just gave me everything. Oh, so, so they pit. Oh gosh, so they pit me up. It's me. It's me, Ravon, Josh Dawkins. We go to Whataburger. It's my first time in Texas, ever. First time in the state. First place we go is Whataburger. I'm starving. I've heard so much, so many good things about the burgers. No one warned me about this ketchup. Rob mentions like, oh yeah, you know, they have a lot of condiments, you know, they have the fancy ketchup. And I go, fancy ketchup? <laughs> what 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 makes it fancy? Like is it a special tomato? Like what what happened? <laughs> and when I when I took that first bite with that fry, so I'm from Barbados. I'm from the I'm from I'm from I'm from uh, the island of Barbados. And we have this, we have a uh, Maybell's ketchup. And since I was a kid, every time we go to Barbados, I always want to get big sets of it because it just tastes so much better than the ketchup that I'm used to, used to at home. And I always just say, there's no American ketchup that can hold up to, to, to Barbados's Maybells. It's just different. And it tasted so similar, but like tangier. So I immediately just said, how many of these can I take? I bagged up a bunch of Ziploc bags. I'm pretty sure. In my drawer, I might still have a few of the breakfast sauces from Whataburger. If I could, if I could actually go grab that, I might, I might get someone in the house to go grab that for me in a second. But 
Um, I get the fancy ketchup and I tell Rob all about it. I'm like, this is great. Have you had this? He's like, obviously. And I'm like, this is amazing. I dip, I dip the burger in it. I take a bunch more. I used it for pretty much everything I ate in Texas in that time period. And then Rob goes, what do you want to talk about? Go out there and talk about, you know, Texas, like your experience in Texas so far. And I got to experience Bucky's. Never knew what Bucky's was. I had the beaver nuggets. I had the, the, I got, I used a bathroom. I never was so excited to use a public bathroom in my life. It was so clean. So I go absolutely nuts. And then I start talking about the ketchup because it's the best ketchup I've ever had easily. And then the last time I went, I had the spicy ketchup. Oh man. My goodness. I took at least 12 of them. So now my fiance loves it. My mom loves the spicy ketchup because it tastes like like a Bayesian pepper sauce, but not as hot. Mm. Uh, it's 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 the first and last stop every time I go. <laughs> so I got a g- crazy idea. <laughs> What's the idea? I think Reinhardt, Brother Greatness, in a ladder match <laughs> with a bag of ketchup, fancy ketchup. Hanging from the the hook, and the winner, because let me let's face it, he drew a heart on your chest, on your body, chest with a bottle of fancy ketchup. So the the guy, the winner, should be able to do something on that person with ketchup. I I completely agree with that. I think that makes perfect sense. We gotta let Rob know this needs to happen because, right? As much as I love the fancy ketchup. And I'm not gonna lie, I wasn't too angry about how I smelt after, you know, after the engagement. But I was just coming off what, what I'm, I'm coming off what I think is a great match. I'm coming off of the the one match I was gonna have in Texas in that time period. Lord knows when I'll get to go back. And for the last thing for people to see it, 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 myself in in my very expensive professional wrestling tights, which are to this day still stained from the ketchup. For the last thing that people to, people to see is me covered in ketchup as opposed to having an opportunity to be excited about Texas, be excited about the Lordatorium, be excited about the fans, be able to engage with them. Now instead, I'm sitting at the merchandise table with people feeling bad for me and feeling bad for myself over something that I wanted to celebrate. It, it's not. It's not something I, that really sits right with me. Well, do you have anything personal you want to talk to Rob or to JT Ryan Hart right now? What do you want to tell him about that incident? What did he take you away from? What What should he be worried about? He should be worried about the next time I get a fight down there. Ryan Hart, you listening? Because it needs to be greatness versus Hart, and it's not going to be. A competition where I'm getting an opportunity to say, hey, I love Texas. I still do. It won't be a chance for me to be able to connect with these 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 individuals who've taken me in and, and I love and they love me that I only get to see once a year if I'm lucky. I'm, I still do. The focus is now going to be the person in front of me. That person is going to be Brother Reinhardt. And I'm going to make sure that he experiences Brother Greatness in a way that Texas has yet to see. I'll leave it at that. There you go. Bob Bond, man. Make it happen. Ladder match. <laughs> Catch up at the top of the uh, – hanging from the uh, hook. The winner. Catch up on the top of the Lordatorium. 
Apple and Lawrence are. That would be crazy. It needs to be two bottles. One to pour on him and uh, I use it as a shampoo for him and one for me to take back. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Ravon, I know you're going to watch this. Ryan Hart, you better be taking your vitamins, saying your prayers because you're going to be eating a lot of ketchup. Yep. It's going to happen. He might get sick and tired of it. I never will, but he might. There you heard oh, it. Right on the Huge Pop Wrestling Podcast. Again, making the matches, making it happen. So Stirring the pot. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> he put a little ketchup in the pot, stirred it up. <laughs> no, but that would be a great match. I mean, yeah, that's it. But that's because that's, come on, let's be honest, man. Ryan Hart, are you listening? Because you disrespected a guy that came to CWF, Christian Wrestling Federation, his first time. He gets picked up in Texas. He has his ketchup. And all he wants to do is talk about ketchup and it's in the state of Texas and it, it, how good his visit was. And you got some bug up your butt and decided to ruin his promo. Yeah, but I'm not I'm not looking for, for, for revenge. I just want him to know what I went through. There you go. I just want him to 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 not to, to taste what I felt and taste what I tasted. And what I tasted happened to be fancy ketchup. So it's time for him to get a bottle. <laughs> there you go. Let's, let's make it happen. I think you need to make it happen 2024, December at the cage match. That way nobody can get involved. Mm-hmm. Got a ladder in a cage. <laughs> That'd be sick, wouldn't it? That'd be bad. Oh, um, man, it'd be hard for them to record. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, it come to this point in time, um, can you share a personal story or your testimony on how you, your faith has been a source of strength and guidance in your wrestling journey? So, basically, can we see for your, uh, your um, testimony with us? I'd love to hear it. Yeah, no, definitely. And, uh, so, as I mentioned, I started wrestling in 2012, and I was brother greatness at that point. But I was, you know, I was young, I was new, I was, so I was in a stable, so I never really got to exercise being brother greatness. Um, I left the school and left the indies in 2014. Um, just I didn't have the funds to keep keep up with training. Um, and I did I did one of those like little park shows, and I got seriously injured at that show. In 2014, um, I took an elbow from the top right to the middle of my head, um, and I had multiple fractures in my skull. Uh, so uh, someone apparently at the hospital I was taken to died from the same injury, football injury, earlier in the week. So a lot of people kind of assumed that wasn't going to make it. Um, so I was in the was in the hospital for a little over two weeks. Uh, lost probably about 20 pounds and I wasn't very big to start. Um, difficulty walking. Um, and I was told I would never do any semi-contact tax sport ever again. Like I was told to be careful playing basketball, you know? So, um, I was supposed to have a lot of difficult, a lot of complications, including I, I wasn't supposed to be able to move my eyebrows anymore after the surgery, all, all kind of stuff. They, uh, cut the whole side of my head. I don't know if you can see the scar, but they cut, pulled and, uh, did what they had to do to get everything back together. Um, about a year after the injury, I had a, a follow-up and I had outside of a few headaches, I had no major symptoms. I didn't have any dizziness. I could see, I could move my face without any issues. Uh, but I was healing very well here in the center where the depression actually happened. Uh, by the grace of God, I was cleared to be able to do essentially whatever I physically was doing before. The only thing I was told was, hey, don't break your skull again. 
it's going to be hard to fit twice. But outside of that, I, I have the physical ability to do everything that I did at the time and more. I'm healthier, I'm stronger, I'm faster, and I feel good. And it's all by the grace of God. I wasn't supposed to be able to do this anymore. And he allowed me to do it. So how dare I do anything besides exalt his name? Not only when I'm wrestling, but my daily life. I should. I, I already understood. I We all are only here by the grace and power of, of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. But it was it's a whole nother level for me personally, because it's, it's like I got... It's like I got saved again. So it, it makes it as as difficult as it is to, to be brother greatness in a lot of these shows and situations. That's what caused me to do it for a decade. It's it's knowing that he he, he kept me when I, I should I, by all human understanding, I shouldn't have been kept. So that's that's me. Wow, man. That's awesome, man. So the end of the year looks crazy busy for you. It's Let It Rip December 29th with Pizza Party Pro, um, ETW Wrestling WrestleVille versus Marcus Mathers, um, Key to the East Championship at Remarkable Wrestling. Heavy Lies the Crown on December 31st. I think that said that, right? Yeah, yeah, that one's, too, that one's there too, yep. <laughs> and, uh, man, that's pretty busy. So can you tell the fans where they can find Brother Greatness, where they can get your merch, and what kind of social media – um, and can you, I'm going to have you close the show in your way, how you want to do it, who you got to, if you, there's somebody you need to call out, call them out. Then I'm going to play an ex- exit song and then, but don't go anywhere. Don't get off the um, live. I'll meet you in the lobby. So, okay. Um, so yeah, in terms of the shows, pretty much everything you named. Uh, so every year, this will be the third annual Restival. Uh, it's a wrestling carnival outside of the White Eagle in Worcester, Massachusetts, uh, not far from the Worcester airport. Um, it starts on uh, Thursday afternoon, uh, the 28th, uh, the day after my birthday, funny enough, uh, all the way straight till uh, till New Year's, uh, till uh, till 11.59 p.m. That's when the match is supposed to end uh, on the 31st. Uh, I will be on the first show for Remarkable Wrestling, as you mentioned, against Marcus Mathers. Uh, I will be on the uh, second show with Restival, I mean, with um, Wrestling Open, uh, Thursday, uh, 7.45 p.m., um, Friday, the opening show with Pizza Party Pro, and the last show on Sunday uh, with uh, Beyond Wrestling, Heavy Lies the Crown, where I will be doing commentary. Uh, So I'll be doing commentary. I'll be managing and doing commentary at Wrestling Open. I'll be wrestling at Pizza Party and at Remarkable. I might be doing commentary, and I'll definitely be wrestling. So uh, a lot of work to do. All of it for those who aren't uh, local to to Worcester uh, will be live on IWTV. Uh, for $10 a month, you get IWTV. Um, so I'll be working for all those promotions. If anyone wants to see me consistently, I'm live on IWTV, 7.45 p.m. every Thursday for the Wrestling Open, typically as a manager and commentator with a crowd that is not very Christ forward. So it's a very, very, very strange crowd, to say the very least. Um, and they are difficult to deal with oftentimes. Um, in terms of social media, Brother Greatness Amen, I believe is the Instagram, Be Greatness uh be greatness is i think it's be greatness am amen for the uh twitter uh on the facebook you can type in brother greatness you'll get the the page and uh for shirts and merchandise you can go on pro wrestlingtees.com backslash brother greatness to get the most up-to-date uh brother greatness apparel 
Hey, huge five pressing podcast guys, CWF Texas, Rockwall. Um, Ryan Hart, you better be paying attention. Um, thank you guys for listening. Thank you, um, Brother Greatness, for your all your information, all your stories. Thank you very much. I have not laughed so hard in my life. Um, it was pretty <laughs> cool. Um, and everybody, you can find Huge Pop Wrestling Podcast on all formats, all um, YouTube, t- Twitch, um, AIYR TV on Roku. Now we're there. And WSBN TV Network, Sports Network, also on Chatbox on Roku, too, also. So keep on up. Following us, follow Brother Greatness. Thank you for the show. We do shows Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Sunday. Pretty busy, and we're going to open up more on, on much January 2024 gets here. We'll be doing some afternoon shows as well. So, again, Brother Greatness, thank you. It was our pleasure to um, have you on our show. Um, thank you for your testimony, man. Thank you for. I mean, I just want to say thank you for the love of Christ that you have, and that you're that you are getting out to the people that you um, definitely that you come across. I mean, we need more people. I mean, I do. Like I said, we have kids that come in our 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 care that are lost, and um, they need Jesus, you know. And uh, we do our best to take them to church and get the word. And um, so I think it's nice knowing there's a guy that's doing that in the wrestling community too. So I say thank you all, really. So um, I appreciate it. So I'm gonna play the extra song. Thank you guys again for coming on, and uh, we love you guys. And he pops out. All my dogs, make some noise up in this house. Who is in the house? Who is in the house? It's the gangster of destruction, so you know what's going down. And when the drive-by's coming, then you better hit the ground. Cause when your body hits the canvas, then your head is knocked out. Who is in the house? Who is in the house? It's the gangster of destruction, so you know what's going down. And when the drive-by's coming, then you better hit the ground. Cause when your body hits the canvas, then your head is knocked out. Fight with Adrian Whisper, it's like a fight with the devil. Because when he's dealing with you, you cannot get on this level. Fight with Adrian Whisper's like it's like a fight with a king, it's like a fight with an army, they got the tanks and everything He's leaving bruises and stitches, possibly leaving you crippled Cause when he sets up the table and sends you straight through the middle Takes a dick free, beat that ass with a light bulb Leave a piece of glass embedded in the back of your skull who is in the house? Who is in the house? It's the gangster of destruction, so you know it's going down. And when the drive-by's coming, then you better hit the ground. Cause when your body hits the canvas, then your ass is knocked out. Who is in the house? Who is in the house? It's the gangster of destruction, so you know it's going down. And when the drive-by's coming, then you better.